Welcome to the Texas Conflict Coach radio program. If you have ever experienced or engaged in destructive or unresolved conflict, then you know it leads to broken relationships, distrust, and damaging results. Our program will help you manage and resolve conflict effectively with strategies, valuable resources, and support. I am your host, Patty Porter. My guest hosts, Dina Zametta and Stephen Kotev, along with our guest experts, will share our experiences, raise your awareness, and give you food for thought. We will share with you problem-solving strategies, no matter what your situation is, at work, with neighbors or friends, family, and with partners. Tune in or join in the conversation every Tuesday evening. last contentious presidential election is, well, finally over, but almost, right? We still have a few more hours. Um, It is either the best or the worst day for America. Some of you will gloat over the win, and others of you will exhibit anger for the loss. Or maybe you just keep your mouth shut so as not to engage in conflict. So how do you talk to your friends, your coworkers, and family about politics and not get burned in the process? So our episode, The Day After the Election, How to Talk Politics or Not with Friends, Family, and Coworkers. I am your host, Patty Porter, and with me is my very long-term special guest host, Stephen Kotev. We will help you say what you mean and listen for what really matters from those who don't agree with it. Now, we do encourage you to call us tonight, 347-324-3591, to talk with us. We also have our chat room open at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Texas dash conflict dash coach. And we also invite you to participate in our live Twitter feed. We are using the hashtag conflict chat. So, Stephen, I'm so glad we're doing this show. You're such an inspiration of doing this show tonight. So thank you for doing this with me. Well, I – I'm just glad that we can talk about this, Patty. You know, all the things that have been in my head, you know, I want this thing to be over with, number one. And number two, I really feel like this is the next thing we got to figure out is, is what do we do tomorrow? Yes, tomorrow, tonight, um, but especially tomorrow when we're going to work on a Wednesday, right? And, you know, my husband has been constantly telling me, just like you just said, I want it to be over with. I want it to be done with. And, it's funny because um, I'm out of town, so I had an early vote, uh, you know, and I wanted to make sure I did that. And my husband's like, you know, I just want to do it. I just want to get it over with. And I saw someone on Facebook have this T-shirt. So I was like, I have to get this T-shirt for him. And it says, I early voted. Now leave me the hell alone. <laughs> and that was the message for so many people. And that's when that, that was his message to everyone around him. Leave me the alone. I have done it, and now let's be done with it. <laughs> well, well, and I, I really feel that, you know, of, of all the elections, this one has really taken so much of our attention. And, you know, I I really feel like just exhausted, you know, and, and it's this thing of it's been something I think so many folks have been paying attention to for so long. And what it reminds me of is is almost of somebody giving birth where, you know, as, as a parent, everyone was so focused on the birth, but they didn't think about the day after. And they're like, oh, I had this amazing birth, or this was the most difficult birth I've ever had. Well, 
and what do you do tomorrow? And so much of the time, I feel like we just have this one moment, but then, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of things that happen this year. And I really feel like it'd be great for us to know how we're going to handle each other, you know, when we look, when we wake up tomorrow. You know, I love the analogy that you said about that. You know, we've been paying so much attention, so much adrenaline, and the analogy of giving birth because you have all that energy, all that energy. And then the next day you crash and burn, right? You're exhausted. But the thing about it is, is not only are you exhausted or you're just like, oh, it's over with. But it's like, oh, but is it really over with, right? Because we're so on a high. I mean, the emotional high. And I don't mean necessarily an emotional high because your candidate won or didn't win. It could be very, very high negative emotions uh, or just, you know, real high emotions in the sense that we're, we're exhausted. And, you know, what do we do with that? And so, like you said, what do we do with that? And the first thing that we, you know, so the first thing is to recognize what are we observing and what do we want to be intentional about what we demonstrate ourselves over the next few days and what can we do about it? What do we do with these emotions? What do we do with this exhaustion? What do we do when we are observing or seeing other people engage with us or even on Facebook? Because, oh, my gosh, I keep seeing horrible things on Facebook and how people are engaging. So what would make sense of where we want to begin with this in terms of what we observe? Well, I I think that one of the first things we've got to observe is ourselves. And, you know, like conflict resolution 101, you know, problem solving 101 is where are you? Like what are you doing? And, you know, it's something where – if you see one more ad for either candidate that you either think is the best ad in the world or the most untruthful, you know, worst ad in the world, what's that doing to you? What, are you getting upset? What are you paying attention to yourself? Because so many times, you know, people get riled up and then somebody else ends up paying the price for it because you know they're not the ones that are, that really got you know got you upset. It's something that you read so. You know, I'm always like, well, what emotions are you feeling? What's happening to you? And can you pay attention to that? Mm. Yeah, I think that's, you know, we start with ourselves. And the thing about when we're on this high emotion, high positive, high negative, because we're going to obviously have a winner here. This is this is a competition, guys. So someone is winning and someone is losing. And so some of you will have very, very high, you're ecstatic, and others of you will be angry, you'll be frustrated, you'll be fearful. The thing about it is in observing yourself is, one, acknowledge and name the emotion that you are experiencing. Are you angry? I'm angry. Acknowledge that. Don't hide from it. Don't try to push it down. Acknowledge that that is what you are experiencing, and it's normal. It's normal to feel either way, but acknowledge it and name it, and that's something to be really cognizant of. So what else are we observing besides our emotions? Well, we we want to we want to carry with us this sense of self-awareness first of all. So what's going on with ourselves? And then what's going on with other folks? Because I feel one of the things that's been really sad for me about this election is is that we're not really interested in how somebody else is feeling and what they're thinking. 
we seem to just be taking further and further strides away from that. And I think if we're able, you know, when we're looking at acknowledging and accepting emotions, it's what is the emotions that other people are experiencing, and can we acknowledge and accept those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's – and the thing about it is is that – I think we need to be intentional. I I don't think that we should hide, you know, if I'm ecstatic because one candidate wins, I don't necessarily want to hide that I'm happy about that, but I do want to be intentional of how do I share that and how do, and also what am I observing, as you said, in others. So if I'm talking to someone, I'll I'll just be honest with you, my in-laws have a very different opinion than me. <laughs> I already know that. <laughs> uh-huh. And so I don't want to gloat. Uh, if my candidate wins, I don't want to gloat. And if their candidate doesn't win, I don't want to make them feel worse. I already know that they might potentially feel really bad or vice versa. So I want to be observant of that. And I also want to be intentional of who, I, who is in front of me and mm-hmm. how do I want to engage with them? Because if I'm with someone that votes the same way or thinks the same way than we, then we're going to be excited together. But if I'm with my in-laws and I know that we are completely opposite, I want to be very intentional and sensitive about how they might be feeling uh, in this moment. Well, and I think when you talk about uh, competition, it, it's I feel like uh, it's not that much of a stretch to say, what type of sportsmanship should we carry? You know, what what type of dignity do we want to actually um, uh, demonstrate in how we handle ourselves? Because for me, being a gloating winner or a sore loser, those are two things that aren't really going to help either of us. I think it's I think it's much more important to demonstrate that, like, if you love your country, if you really are about, like, I think this is a great country and I love my country, then let's let's love our citizens, you know, even the ones we don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I think people lose sight of the bigger picture sometimes. Um, you know what's interesting, and I love the way that you kind of framed it as sportsman, because it is it's sportsmanship. You know, it is a competition, mm-hmm. and yet it's not just you know we won the World Series or uh, you know or we won the you know NFL football or we you know you know it's something bigger because it has long term impact, obviously. Um, but I think what I'm hearing you say is you know be in in terms of being constructive, in terms of being um, intentional is how do we express, um, you know, with respect for the individuals who might be feeling upset. Now, we might be really excited, but, you know, our dearest friends, our neighbors, our colleagues that we respect at work, our family members, even our spouses who might be completely opposite of our feelings, you know, how are we showing grace and respect for how they might be feeling, especially if they're the ones who uh, are upset about the loss. Right. And, and that's, and that's, I think such an important thing for us to remember is, is that 
this really matters to a lot of people and mm-hmm. and it's it's not just the difference between um you know uh whatever chocolate ice cream and vanilla ice cream you know what's what what ice cream is the most important you know what's your favorite flavor kind of stuff this is you know folks who legitimately feel the country is going to change you know that this is one of the most important votes that they've had in their life and that to me is a very very serious thing that you can't forget tomorrow and having grace and respect for you know our fellow Americans, I think is absolutely essential because all those other things I think are sort of the opposite of what, you know, we're really about as Americans. Well, you know, when you talk about how this really matters, it does, regardless of who wins as the candidate, we're in this place in America where, you know, emotions are running high. And the thing about emotions is that when we are running from a place of fear, anxiety, anger, all right, that is what is driving our thinking, our behavior, because, we're, because it matters so much, whatever the values that people carry and associate with either candidate, um, then when they are threatened with the idea that one candidate, you know, that Trump might win over Clinton or vice versa, there is a real psychological threat for a lot of people of, oh, my God. I mean, I was talking to someone the other day, and they said um, they were Democrat, and uh, they said, okay, if Trump wins, um, you're going to be seeing a selfie with me with a picture of Canada behind me, you know, like the sign of Canada, you know. And that mm-hmm. was from a fear-based, anxiety-based, oh, my God, things are going to be terrible. I need to leave the country. I mean, that's how strongly – uh, the emotions mm-hmm. run for a lot of my friends, uh, a lot of my colleagues, a lot of people, strangers that I know from either side, either side of the, the fence. Yeah, and, and and that's something that when you're dealing with emotion, you gotta you gotta remember that um, you know it, it's not it's not avoiding it, but sometimes it's about having some kid gloves. And, you know, it's that thing of, all right, so don't take snide or sarcastic remarks towards people. Don't take cheap shots for no reason. You know, it may be something where, you know, you and, uh, you know, uh, Jane or John at work really got into it. And you had your opposing, you know, uh, uh, bumper stickers on your car and you were quite, you know, uh, yelling at each other and all that kind of stuff. Okay, you know, I think there's probably going to be some conversation tomorrow about what happened, but all the kind of, you know, see, I told you so, all that kind of stuff, um, it just pushes people's buttons, and it probably isn't going to make your workplace or your in-laws or going to the grocery store or your neighborhood any better. You know, you may think you're doing great at that moment, but I almost guarantee you that it's going to come back and bite you later on. Well, and that's the thing. If someone makes a snide or sarcastic remark, let's say you're on the receiving end of the snide or sarcastic remark. They're the winner, their candidate won, and they are being, you know, they make some snide, sarcastic remark. Like you said, see, I told you so kind of thing. The thing about it is, is that's where we can easily be baited. 
right, uh, be triggered. Um, and so the strategy really is be prepared for that over the next several days to personally, all right, to not take the bait. Because if you do, you're going to go down a path that's going to be very destructive, and especially if it's someone that is in a, you're in a relationship with, coworker, friend, neighbor, doesn't matter, you could easily get into a situation uh, where it can damage uh, the relationship to some degree. So you want to be really careful and aware of not taking that bait. Yeah, and, you know, another thing to think about, because you're absolutely right about not taking the bait, is sometimes maybe you want to pick something else to start off talking about, you know. So say you're big college football fans and, you know, your team is, uh, 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 you know, going to be coming up to um, – to have a real tough game uh, this weekend, or, uh, you know, you are excited about something else, you know, new restaurant in town, uh, you know, uh, whatever is the next piece of work you got to do, whatever presentation or meeting you got to go to, or uh, uh, whatever, you know, start with that, you know, start with something that maybe the two of you have in common and, you know, like, oh yeah, I, 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 I hear we're, we're, we're going to, you know, our quarterback is injured or whatever. Start with that. And, and, you know, this other stuff can come up, but you know, if you, if you start with the zinger, you're almost always going to put somebody on the defensive. And when they're on a defensive, they're either going to just walk away from you and just be like, what a jerk or they're, they're, they may lash out at you, you know, there's some other things that they can do, but they're probably not going to be the things that you really want. Um, and, you know, we're trying to help you folks and us, everybody, have a better way of dealing with this than the, like, well, you know, I didn't think about it. I just started running my mouth. And we're like, well, all right, how'd that work for you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, listeners, if you're just now tuning in, we are uh, the Texas Conflict Coach Radio Show, and we invite you to follow us on Blog Talk Radio. And Stephen Kotev and I are talking about the day after and several days after today's election, how do we engage or not in the political conversation with our friends, coworkers, and family. And, you know, one of the things, too, is that we um, – you know, you were talking about people, you know, they might walk away or, hey, you're the jerk or whatever. And the thing about it is, is that if someone is super uncomfortable and you start to see them shut down in this conversation, sometimes they just need the space when they're that upset, you know, give them the space that they need and support, you know, their need to talk about it from what really angers them. And what I mean by that is, First of all, when we're, you're the, okay, you're, let's say, again, you're the winner and the other person is really upset about their candidate not winning, and they need to talk about it. So listen in a way that is from a place of curiosity. Again, not as a way of goading, gloating, but being respectful. So what do I mean? Maybe ask them some questions. What is the most upsetting for you about this loss? Or what is it that, you know, uh, you think is going to happen now? Or just really asking curious questions to help them understand what is the, the, the biggest threat for them. What is really going on? Sometimes it could be not a rational thought. It could be, oh, you know, tomorrow we're going to – and they'll say something that's just off the wall. Um, so it's about asking those questions and not judging because, remember, they're responding from probably a very high level of fear and anxiety. So being curious. 
being open-minded uh, and asking questions to understand. Well, and the the other the other part that I want to add to that is is you know because Patty, you're absolutely right. Being open and being being curious is one of the most simple and powerful ways to get past defensiveness. People who get defensive, people who 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 are um, very closed, not open to conversations. The curiosity is the the best way to melt through it all. And I really think that that's a powerful thing for people to hold on to. But the other thing I was I wanted to mention is is because I, I see a lot of folks putting this on 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 social media is don't underestimate the power of puppies. You know they've got people who are like oh <laughs> they they put pictures up of like um, uh, little cubs. You know there's like a panda cub feed that's on one of the zoos they're putting out. One of the major newspapers is just putting up pictures of little adorable animals. You know th- there's there's other ways to to kind of get at this, but the the one part that I want people to remember is is that that curiosity is so essential because a lot of times what's happened with this political season is is it's all distilled down into absolutes. I'm right and you're wrong, and there's nothing mm. in between. And that that in between is the thing we need to hold the country together. If if we're in that either or kind of situation, there's no real space. For the rest of us, you know, you, you, you fall in or else. And I really, really feel that that type of thinking is a very, very destructive thinking. And we've got to have some better strategies to deal with these type of thinking. Don't, don't you think, Patty? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, talking about thinking, um, people are going into these conversations feeling very very positional a very strong opinion as you've already said and so it could be that well for, the first thing is is that when people feel so strongly in their thinking in their opinion uh of right or wrong um this is not the time to try to use logic or reasoning, right? You're not going to change the person's mind. Do not use the strategy of, you know what, my candidate win, and I'm going to convince him or her why it's going to be okay, and they're using logic and they're using reasoning, and maybe they're using research or statistics or sources or whatever. Right now, that person is not in that emotional mind frame to be necessarily open, especially if they're the losing candidate. So don't go in there, folks, for the strategy of I'm going to use logic and reasoning to change their mind because right now is not the time to be doing that. Right, and and what you what you will find um, over time is you ever had that like relative or boss or somebody you were dating and you could just tell they were angry. You know, they either were really loud mm-hmm. or they just stopped talking to you or anything in between, and. If you were like, hey, is this the right time to talk to them? And you could just sort of be like, yeah, you know, anything I say is probably not going to go over well. Maybe I should give them some space. Or maybe I should just sort of allow things to sort of simmer down. And, you know, I, I kind of feel like that's one of the other things that we need to remember is is, is that, again, if if we – if we're sort of poking the bear, if we're if we're stepping into in the spots where people are so exhausted, so um, overwhelmed, uh, whatever it is, 
um, you're 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 not gonna. It's probably not gonna go the way you want it to. Hmm. So you know, part of this conversation you and I are having is uh, not just you know how to have the conversation, but what if the choice is not to have the conversation. So let's say you walk into your workplace tomorrow and you go in there and you, you know, see balloons that maybe you're the one whose candidate didn't win and you go in and you see balloons and people are excited and, you know, and then you see other people who are, you know, dreary and their heads down and whatnot. And now a lot of times people don't reveal at all how they voted. So they might not know you're Democrat or Republican, and, but they're excited, and they are not hiding it. And they're like, hey, Sue, hey, aren't you excited? And you're like, hmm, like, what do I do here? Because, you know, if I say I'm excited, that means I agree with their candidate. But if my candidate was the one that won, and you're like, you know, why should I be excited? Or you try to hide it, then they, it's like you reveal yourself, and sometimes people don't want to be revealed. So one thing to do is, you know, to just say, look, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, or, or maybe you're, you're specifically avoiding, you know, because you're not in a place to be able to do that. But what, what do you think people would do? They go into work, and people are excited, and, and they're, you're, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. You know, I imagine some people might take off tomorrow. But, <laughs> but, right. um, but what, do you, what, what, would, what would you suggest to that person, you know, where they don't want to reveal themselves, or maybe they're just, they're just in a place that uh, there's no way I want to talk about it? Right. You know, and I, and I think the other thing I want to honor is is there's a lot of folks who were interested in third-party candidates or, you know, were very, you know, um, uh, either they felt they had to pick a third-party candidate or they wanted to pick a third-party candidate or they picked a third-party candidate. You know, yes. it, it, it's that thing if you're walking in and you can tell for yourself it's not going to go well, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of folks doing things that – you either don't feel comfortable with, um, you don't think they should be doing, or you just don't want to be a part of. You got to think about what your options are ahead of time. You know, is it something mm. where you know? Do you got to go by? You know, do you got to go by the staff room or whatever it is? Can you just go in and you know uh, um, close your door most of the way and keep it cracked? Or you know, um, do you feel like taking a sick day tomorrow? Um, you know, you've got those type of options. You know, is there somebody in your office that you can talk to who you feel could really hear you and just say, you know what, I'm not really interested in this and and, and this isn't something that feels good to me right now. Um, You know, that's a tougher conversation. And, you know, I'm... I we've done lots of episodes, Patty, and this is where maybe I'd ask you to, you know, if, if you could think of any off the top of your head. But we've had lots of different episodes about having difficult conversations, about expressing mm-hmm. yourself, about sharing what's going on inside you, because we need that type of conversation more than the anger and the. Um, Attacking. Just completely. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because, you know, when you're in those situations, it's that clear, honest um, type of, of, of really heartfelt communication that's going to change the dynamic versus the, you know, very accusatory stuff that we've just been doing for the last year. 
Yeah, and, and that's the thing is, is, you know, if anything, can you stay just neutral? So if you're upset, uh, or maybe you're, maybe you're not the one upset, maybe you're excited, but you know a really good friend or colleague feels so strongly about the other, co- you know, the other candidate, can you just use, you know, acknowledge them, I, you know, I'm sorry, I, I imagine that you're upset, or maybe they are upset and they're expressing being upset, and I say to them, you know, it's obvious you're angry, you're upset, and just kind of use neutral language. If you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. We're still friends. It doesn't change our relationship. Someone was telling me today, um, I'm up in, a, up in an area uh, in Texas, and I was staying in this particular neighborhood and uh, where it was, uh, majority was Republican. Um, but what was interesting is in another neighborhood, uh, a colleague friend of mine was actually on NPR just recently. She had her sign, and her neighbor had her sign, and one was Trump and one was Clinton, right, next to each other. And NPR was interviewing them and saying, so what do you think about your neighbor who has the opposite sign? And they're like, you know what, nothing is going to stand in our way of our friendship and our being mm-hmm. neighbors, regardless mm. of the strong opinion. And so be intentional about those relationships that are you going to allow whatever's happening in America to override the relationship that you have. And I thought that was really powerful because they knew what was important to them. They know each other and the core of who they are and the values of that relationship and the commonalities that they have and they share. Just because one might pick Trump and one might pick Clinton doesn't mean automatically that that person is all the characteristics of Trump or all the characteristics of Clinton. So I thought that was really powerful that they're like, we are not letting anything override our relationship, regardless of who wins or loses. Right. And, and, And that's one of those things where if you see folks who are shutting down, if you see folks who are disengaging, um, you know, you, you, you want to give them that support. You want to you allow them that space. You want to be there so that they can actually feel you're legitimately concerned. Because, Absolutely. you know, um, th- there's, there's, uh, there's so many times where we forget that about each other. And I, you know, that was part of the reason why I was so glad to do this show today is just because I've sort of felt like we forgot that about ourselves as a country, that, you know, this thing of um, we're, you know, united we stand, you know, the pluribus uh, as unum kind of thing, you know, of where where is the united part? Because we've spent so much time... Mm going in the opposite direction, turning away from each other. And, you know, mm-hmm. having having that very intentional focus. You know, but the other part is is like I also feel like we've sort of forgotten our basic civics lessons. You know, when I look at social media, there's so many social media things that are put out that people just immediately post and they send them out, you know, and 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 it's it's something where it's like have they actually read into what this is and is it accurate you know have they tried Mm -hmm. to look at some source because a lot of the stuff that's generated is basically generated sort of like people preaching to the choir and it's like well Mm -hmm. you know who who wrote this is this just 
you know, basically somebody who's, uh, you know, a political person? Did this come from a newspaper? What newspaper? You know, all that kind of stuff is things that we we don't really think about and we don't really deal with. And those are all parts of the things that sort of pull us apart as opposed to the things we need to keep us together. Well, you know, media, social media, um, we so so often take that to be the truth. And mm-hmm. we really do need to do our own research and, and educate ourselves that don't take those things to be the truth. One thing that really bothers me this week about social media, it was on Facebook in particular, and someone had made a comment about, there were so because they are obviously opposite. The person that was posting, I think, was Democrat, I believe, um, and they uh, they had a number of colleagues um, and friends that they said, you know, I am so disappointed in some of my colleagues and friends, people I looked up to, people who I respected, people who I saw as mentors, and when I see them, this person is saying on Facebook, when I see them supporting Trump, I think that's what it was, when I mm. see them supporting Trump. I can't believe my ears. I can't believe my eyes that they could even support someone. And I have just lost all respect for them. And I thought, how sad. Instead mm-hmm. of being, you know, there's a blanket judgment right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And instead of, instead of understanding what are the values that they cling to, it, it, it's not so much the person Trump or the person Clinton, but what are the values that these individuals are clinging to that is important to them and understand that. Don't just say, well, if you go for Clinton or Trump or the third-party candidate or the devil or God or whoever, you know, because you don't believe like I do, I've now lost all respect for you. You know, it's just like, okay, really? I mean, be, be, you know, so I, that was really upsetting to me when I read that. And I'm like, how sad, because why not still respect your colleagues and friends? Just because they're different from you doesn't mean uh, that, you know, that they're evil, horrible people, you know. So, so that was upsetting for me when I was reading that. I thought that was really narrow, narrow-minded in a way. Well, and it is, and it's very common for us now of as opposed to hearing it, you know, because – I've got a lot of friends who are conflict resolution folks, but I've got a lot of friends who I know from the martial arts, you know, and I've got a folks who are military and, and uh, law enforcement. And, you know, I haven't unfriended anybody this this election season. <laughs> you know, and I'm kind of proud of that. You know, and there's times where I'm like, I really want to unfriend you. But I feel like sitting <laughs> with sitting with them, you know, really helps me understand stuff. And, I, you know, our listeners, I want to r- remind you of a show that I did back in June of 2012 with a guy named Jonathan Haidt, H-A-I-D-T. Mm. It was called The Righteous Mind, Why Good People Are Divided mm. by Religion and Politics. And a lot of what Jonathan Haidt was talking about is, is what are the things that are underneath that people care about? And that's the question that I feel we are going to be asking ourselves for a long time, is is why did folks feel so strongly about this? This isn't kind of like, well, I don't know, and I just got to make a choice. It's this thing of like, I'm not ever going to deal with this person again because they supported somebody that was the opposite of me. And that's the part that I feel is so opposite about what our country is about. You know, our country is about this very central spot of 
being to being united, the United States, and we're mm. not united in the sense of together. We're united in our separateness, which is the opposite of what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so be, be thoughtful then, listeners, in terms of what is your intention in your role of uniting, and as you said, loving thy neighbor and, and embracing our country, not you know fleeing our country, but unite together, regardless of who is going to be leading uh, us in the future. How do we band together as citizens? Because you know, politics, media, and things of that nature, I mean, have such influence. But let's look right at your neighbor. You know your neighbor. You trust your neighbor. You trust your friend. You trust your family. You trust your coworker. Band together and find some of that common ground to get through these difficult times right now. And, and in difficult times, are not just the presidential elections. There's a lot going on in the world. So how can we band together um, not only as, um, you know, as a country, uh, but just being, you know, banding together and having good, uh, good deep conversations and really listening uh, and really asking curious questions. So we're coming clo- to a close, uh, Stephen. Uh, any final thoughts that you have that you want to share with listeners before we close? Yeah, you know what I'd like to do is 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 is, is take a little bit of a departure, if that's all right, from a lot of sort of mental stuff and just take you right back to your breath. And what I really want everybody to do if they can is, you know, if you can stand up, put your feet shoulder width apart and just take a big breath, take a deep breath, let it all out. You know, just sit with it for a bit because we forget to breathe. We get so tense. We get so wrapped up. All these things come in that really put us on the defensive. And if I'd say anything, it's, you know, get out your wine, take a hot bath, whatever you need to do (laughs) to give yourself a little bit of TLC because God knows we need it right now. Mm, mm, I love that. And I love that you bring that somatic uh, stuff into the program because you're such an expert at it. So thank you for doing that. I think we absolutely have to be told to take care of ourselves and to breathe and to, to release. And I, I want to emphasize, listeners, again, the, the strategy that Stephen said, which is think tonight, think in the morning, get up and do some deep breathing, okay, because it will help you get centered and think about your options ahead of time before you go to work or wherever you're going to be showing up tomorrow with a whole bunch of people and think about what those options are for you and how you want to be. Um, thank you so much, Stephen, uh, for, for doing this uh, program with me tonight and having this really great conversation. And for folks who want especially listen to that Jonathan Haidt uh, show, uh, it's H-A-I-D-T, I believe it is, but you can go to TexasConflictCoach.com. We have a whole podcast library there. Um, you can either type in in the search engine in our podcast library either uh, Stephen Kotav or Jonathan Haight, and you'll be able to find um, the podcast very easily. Um, and, and for those, uh, again, we thank you for following us on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, our Twitter handle is at TX Conflict Coach and at Stephen Kotav. 
stay focused and true to yourself and stay mindful and aligned to your intention before saying anything. So just stay aligned, be self-aware, be observant, uh, and good luck over the next few days, everyone. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for listening to the Texas Conflict Coach. We hope you enjoyed the program. You can find all of our podcasts archived to listen at your convenience at texasconflictcoach.com or download the podcast at iTunes or Stitcher Radio. You can also become a Facebook fan of Conflict Connections or Twitter me at TX Conflict Coach.